0: The inside stories on the teams, suppliers and drivers.
1: This is Inside. Hello everybody, this is John Hindhoff, and this is another Inside Story for the Radio Show Limited network of channels. I haven't had to come too far for this one, not too far away from home, just beyond Silverstone Circuit to Brackley, almost in the shadow of the Mercedes-Benz Formula One factory, just round the corner from there. And I've come here to find out a little bit about... Jura and their fitted garage and workshop systems. It's another Inside Story on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. This is Inside. And we're going straight to the top here for our guide. Dominic Wishlade is the man at the head. In fact, you are the creator, as you've kindly met me outside of Jura here. You, you are the creator of, of Jura. Bef- before we go inside, Dominic, um, how did all this come about and when did it all come about? Hi, John. Yeah, it
0: started in... I registered the company in about 1997, so about 21 years ago now. Um, and basically, I was working for a company manufacturing garden tractors, funnily enough. Um, but my my background is, um, is product design uh, and, and car design. Um, and really, I was trying to think of products that we could make using the machinery that we had at the time. Um, that didn't quite come off, but it, uh, I just had this idea... Suddenly came to mind that um, we'd made our own workbenches at the factory, and I, I suddenly thought there's, a, there's an idea here, there's a basis of an idea here. And really, that people had got fitted bedrooms, fitted bathrooms, yeah. fitted kitchens you know, everything was designed. And yet, if you look at the garage, which is an expensive piece of uh, space and a place where we all store a fairly expensive kit, um, there was really nothing that, that had been, ever been designed to accommodate it all and store it all. So it really started from there.
1: Um, and Simple idea, which has grown and grown and then grown some more. You're a multi-national uh, company, uh, represented pretty much all the way around the world, all the way around to Australia, uh, but still based in the UK.
0: Yeah, we're we're UK-based and all our manufacturing facilities in the UK. So we we have distributors all around the world, yeah, right around to Japan, Australia, China even. Um, So we we cover the the whole base, really, yeah.
1: We'd all love to say that our garages were the paragons of virtue i suspect that 90 percent of people who are listening to this now will go you oh, know i'm possibly not um how much of your business then is um let's call it residential and how much is is commercial
0: uh, these days, the residential side accounts for about 20%. So Ooh. it's it's the sm- smaller element of it, um, and we really only cover that mainly in the UK, to be honest, because it's a it's a different business. Because we'll go into somebody's residential garage and we'll completely transform it. We we'll put a flooring in, um, or we certainly have a flooring options put it that way. We have a, a wall cladding system that uh, you can. You, it's a flexible system of putting sort of hooks, bins, and baskets on, and then obviously we've got our our own modular furniture right the way through to a, a ceiling system, so we can literally transform that space. The, the commercial side is quite different. Really, we just concentrate on the on the furniture that we manufacture, but that gets sent, as I say, all the way around the world, and most of that is is to sort of automotive dealerships.
1: Right, So that's what we would call original equipment manufacturers, OEMs, uh, who are franchised dealerships or specialist dealerships, presumably for pre- premier brands? It, it's mainly premier brands, yeah, it, it really is. It, it's
0: sort of Aston Martin, Audi, Bugatti, McLaren, Jaguar. They're pretty premier. Yeah, they are. <laughs> but, you know, we've we've done some more of the mainstream brands even. We've just about to start our first, first uh, Opel dealership, and uh, we've done a very very prestigious uh, workshop for, for Ford over in Essex, actually. Mm-hmm. Not, not for Ford Motor Company, but one of the gates uh, over there, which is a fantastic uh, example. That's
1: really nice. Quality knows no bounds. Shall we have a look inside, and you can take me through uh, some of the, the processes that go on. Um, first of all, how many people work here now?
0: Uh, at, at Brackley, we've got about 28. Right. And then down at our manufacturing facility in Plymouth, we've got just close to 50. Right. Okay.
1: Um, how? Take me through how the process would work then with a, a customer or a, a client. Let's say I am Hanged Off Motor Cars, a very prestigious car brand, and I've got 20 odd dealerships around the world that I want to uh, kit out in the, the service space. Would I come here? Would you come to me? Could it be either? It really could be
0: either, John. I mean, uh, depending on the, the sort of where the demand starts from, really. Uh, the demand might start from the OEM manufacturer or it might start from an individual dealer. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are rec- recommended by quite a few of the OEM manufacturers, but ultimately, apart from what we might do at their own sites, uh, you know, uh, the manufacturer's sites, it's actually the dealer that will, will purchase the equipment right. for their own dealer group. So whilst we might be recommended by the That OEM as part of their sort of corporate identity, it is actually, as I say, purchased by the dealer group.
1: Shall we have a nip upstairs and uh, and see what's going on up there? If we start up there, because uh, there's some people there, which is good. So up the stairs here and uh, into the main body of the building. And uh, what we have here, well, immediately I can see stuff on the wall. So this looks like a design facility. You do all your own design in-house? We do. We do the... Main concept design work tends to be
0: here, which I tend to get involved in. The engineering design gets done by the CAD guys down at the factory. And then we do the layouts here as well. So we've got a full-service facility here. Um, the office that you see, we've got a, a big projects team here, which is specialises on the commercial side. Mm-hmm. So what will happen is, for example, we'll get, we may get an architect's drawing of a, of a workshop, and we will superimpose that, our plan, very much if you like, like, a, like you would a kitchen, right. but on an industrial sort of scale and a different
1: type of product made of steel. And presumably then if you're doing that, it's not just about the cabinets and the worktops because you've got to integrate then into various workshop machinery like four point lifts, like airlines, oil lines and all that sort of thing. Do you work around them or do you build them in from the design stage? Um, a, a little bit of both, but that's that's where it is complicated, and that's
0: where we're really very different from your sort of standard industrial furniture manufacturer. Partly because our our system is completely modular, but partly because what we also specialise in is integrating everybody else's equipment into ours. So we will, for example work with a number of manufacturers of oil reels of which there are many mm-hmm. and if, you, you can imagine they're all different sizes and uh different base plates and different fixings so we will then make the bracketry to accommodate that and make sure it fits within our cabinetry we'll do all the cutouts for uh switches for lift lower raise, lower and razor mm-hmm. um the communications the socketry so it there's quite a, a lot of bespoke elements to it although quite a lot of standard pieces of of kit and cabinets Um, we also do quite a lot to make sure that everything's integrated very smoothly Uh,
1: and there's a a certain look that you are world famous for uh, um, in your uh, in your uh, designs and and installations and and, I mean how are those changing are you having to integrate new pieces of equipment and I think nowadays of you know I open the 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 bonnet or the hood as the Americans would call it on most cars that I test nowadays and there's a big piece of plastic there which basically says "Hand off don't touch this take it to a dealer and have them plug something electronic in so I presume integrating computers and screens and probes and all that sort of thing nowadays? Yeah very much I mean we've
0: seen things change over the years from basically sort of mechanical to go through to sort of fibre optics a lot in cars and then obviously now we're seeing that the sort of Uh, a a lot of uh, electric vehicles and hybrids so everything's sort of constantly changing in that respect and we're hopefully ahead of the game and uh, anticipating that so we see that change there's a lot of integration of of diagnostic kit Mm. that that goes in there Um, now for example we're we're doing a lot with battery charging technology as well Mm. Um, hybrids and and obviously there are different regulations for hybrid vehicles with the uh, issues of fire regulations and all of that sort of thing so we've got to be ahead of all of that really
1: we're at Jura, a brackley and it's an inside story and when we come back we'll be taking a closer look at some of the equipment that dominic's been talking about and finding out how it's all put together right here in the uk
0: this is inside the inside stories on the teams suppliers and drivers
1: We've come back downstairs here at Jura at Brackley. Dominic is still with me. And as you can probably hear by the very different uh, audio quality, we're in a very plush, effectively a a showroom here, Dominic. It's exactly
0: that, John. Yeah, we have a a showroom at our site here for visitors for both the residential side of the business and, and the commercial, but two separate showrooms essentially.
1: Now you've got some uh, some of your wares laid out here. Let's let's go and have a have a look. Ultimately, of course, you will tell me um, that there isn't really something that you can come and buy off the peg. Everything is pretty much bespoke, isn't it? It's, yeah, it is. It's made to order, really, rather than bespoke. Um, we do do some
0: bespoke work on the commercial side. Um, we have a, a, a stock range of products um, that we make down at uh, down at the factory in Plymouth. But essentially, we don't hold stock generally. Right. We hold stock of, of work in progress, but we will manufacture to order.
1: Now, when you first started this, I mean, nowadays you have competitors, you're still number one in the world, but nobody was was doing this. So you, were, you actually came up with this concept. This was your concept. That, that's an extraordinary thing for me to stand next to someone who effectively has invented something um well it, yeah i don't know if it's extraordinary for you <laughs> but uh but it's the kind of thing
0: to say it, yeah i'm, I'm a, a little bit surprised when i look back that nobody else had done it before in a way mm. I, I mean every other we we started in the residential side of the business um as i say these days it, it's 20 percent of what we do really we we sort of specialize in doing fairly upmarket fairly high-end uh garages for for residential homes um but bearing in mind that people have done fitted kitchens, fitted bedrooms, mm. fitted bathrooms, and and I think you know they they've just forgotten about the garage, which is ridiculous in a way because if you think of a say a detached garage, it's probably the most expensive room of your house because it doesn't share any walls with any of the other rooms in the yeah. house. Um, it's got its own roof, so you know as a building, it's it's pretty expensive bearing in mind we've, we we store some fairly expensive kit in there and mm. we've got a nice car or garden machinery or, or what have
1: you. And a lot of length- bikes in my case as well.
0: Well, that too, yeah. And and a lot of guys have got bikes and women have got bikes as well and sports equipment. And bear in mind the lengths that we go to sometimes to go down into a basement or up into a loft. And, and yes. yeah, there we go, we've got ground floor space and, and we don't make the most of it.
1: The thing that I notice straight away from any of these installations is you're making the most of whatever the available space is. And one of the things that I really like is over here, this wall cladding. Now, you know, I think of you, as soon as people say Jira, I think of cabinets. What I don't necessarily think of, of this very clever wall cladding, which can be used for a number of
0: different things. Yeah, it's a really flexible system, Johnny. It's... it's uh store panel which is um we don't make ourselves but we we made the tooling and we have it made for us and it's essentially it's an extrusion that then goes on a on a back fitting system so there are no visible screws or anything like that and the idea about it is that you can fit hooks and bins and baskets and it's got a kind of like a cam lock system on so you you fit the hook where you want it and lock it into place. And the nice thing is about it, if you replace your bike or you add something or take something away, you just remove that item and and move the the hook to where you want it.
1: No uh, unsightly roll plugs in the brickwork, which is what I'm thinking of. This gets away from straight away. There must be an advantage as well, Dominic, putting this on a... a my garage, I guess, like most people's detached garages, um, it's only a single brick, so there's an, it'll be an insulating effect here. Yeah, there's there's two or three things really. You've got that
0: insulating effect. Um, the other great thing about it is it, it acts as a, a really good dust barrier because oh. obviously you know what bricks like, especially you know bricks as opposed to sort of thermalite block really can dust up. So this is mm. a really good way to sort of stop that.
1: I notice we're standing on, on floor tiles here, and over in one or two of the other display areas, uh, they, were, they were interlocking almost like garage tiles that I've seen at, at racetracks. Here we've got ceramic floor. You can probably hear the slight difference in the audio. This is kitted out for uh, a few bikes. You've still got the cabinets there. This part of the service, or can be part of the service? Yeah,
0: it is. I mean, the difference, again, between the residential side of our business and the commercial side... Um, we really only operate the residential side in the UK. Hmm. Um, abroad, we, we really concentrate on our own modular furniture system, whereas in the UK, obviously we do that commercially, but we also do residential garages whereby we do the whole thing. So we can come into your garage, uh, we can fit... Uh, Various types of floor from, as you say, interlocking PVC floor tiles to uh, porcelain tiles through to resin. We have our wall cladding system. We even have a ceiling um, clad system and we'll do the lighting, loft hatches. So we really transform the room.
1: Right. The room. That, I, like, I like that. Let's have a wander back down here because I noticed there was a video running um, when we first came in here um, in very nice uh, leather tub chairs here in the... Uh, the black and green that are your corporate colours. Um, you mentioned the factory down on the south coast of, of the UK, and I, I was watching earlier on some metal being cut. Clearly, that's their stock in trade. They have to cut and bend metal. I have to say, it looks pretty sophisticated, Dominic. Yeah, well, I'm not an expert, mind. No. I should say I am not an expert in metal cutting and bending, but I'm pretty impressed at what I'm saying on the video. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I mean... We've got, I would say, probably one of the most sophisticated and modern facilities in Europe for sheet metal fabrication. It, it's, it's, it, it isn't the biggest because we're not high volume manufacturer in terms of companies that might specialise in making sort of uh, office furniture filing cabinets. Obviously, mm. they're making massive volumes. So um, we operate uh, an area of about 90,000 square foot in total. Um, but we do have the very latest uh, kit, so we have uh, fiber laser.
1: Stop, hang on, stop, stop. That sounds very sort of science fiction. You're cutting metal with lasers. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good, flexible
0: way to, to cut metal. Um, you can really cut metal in one of two ways. You can use a, a punch press machine, yep. which is just it's, as it sounds. It's, it's using a, a male and a female tool to, to literally stamp shapes out but you're restricted there in terms of the the shapes of the tools that you have to have. Um, With a laser, you can't get forms like a louver um, like you can with a punch-wrist machine, but what you can get is literally any shape you want, so you get great flexibility. Complex curves and things like that? Absolutely, and incredible precision as well. And
1: repeatability as well, which is super important if you are doing a particular space several times over yeah no that that's really important because if you think about it if you're
0: you're cutting flat sheet that you're then going to bend if that's not the right size by the time you've bent it up into the the box of the cabinet that you need it's just not going to fit
1: i've just watched an incredible process there a single machine making what four five different bends on what looked to be a drawer of some kind all been done on the same machine. That's extraordinary. I would have thought that would have had to have been taken out and put put onto different machines to to finish that off. Yeah, ordinarily most companies would do that. They would do that on uh,
0: with a manual operator putting uh, a sheet into a punch press. Uh, sorry, into a press brake machine, mm-hmm. um, which is essentially a couple of clamps coming down with tools in them. And we do have press brake machines as well. But uh, what we have here is a couple of uh, Salvini panel bending machines, which will. Uh, take in flat sheet, and there's actually, I think about nine bends on on there. But that will wow. draw that into uh, a, a finished draw from a single sheet. And we can make a finished draw in about forty
1: six seconds, completely without human hand being involved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, extraordinary. And what was the name of that machine again? That's a Salvanini So that's an Italian machine. I, yeah. I, I, I guess that I, again. I'm not. I'm not an expert <laughs> on that. Um. You guys have, have uh, when you've originally started, um, your manufacturer was uh, you were subcontracting your manufacturer. This is now all your plant, all your investment. Yes, wholly owned by
0: by Jure and Brackley Now that's we've had the factory for well be ten years this year. Um, we took it on after the previous owner. We were subcontracting, as you say. Um, the previous uh, subcontractor unfortunately was also manufacturing for uh, an office furniture manufacturer that uh, went into administration leaving them with a a massive unpaid debt Um, and us in a rather precarious position as they were our sole supplier at the time Um, frightening times to be honest John because frightening times to take on the cost of a factory um, 200 miles away especially when I'd never run a factory before but to, to, to add that, to, to borrow the, the amount of money you can imagine we had to borrow um, in uh, two, December 2008. Oh, you know, my
1: goodness, right in the middle of the banking crash. It
0: was right. I think that was when... Uh, bank certain banking shares went from something like sort of 3 pounds or whatever it was down to 11p and and to try Ooh. and go and borrow that money but it was such a frightening time to take on a factory to be honest well, with you presumably it. you had to do that to be certain of your supply line That's exactly that it really we the decision was in in that sense as scary as it was it was no decision other than well we we have to take this on or we have no manufacturing yeah. facility and it's not the sort of thing you can switch out to someone else in you know a few
1: weeks no in, indeed so so that was 2008 uh we're sitting at the end of 2018 and, uh, now to, as you say 10 years further on i presume the investment hasn't stopped then it didn't just grind to a halt at that point when you bought the the, the manufacturing company no absolutely not i i I think if you look at the video every
0: machine that you see is a machine that's gone in since we bought the right. factory i don't think we have a single machine that uh, that we had when we took the factory on so that's millions of pounds i mean uh, uh, the panel bending machine you're looking at is about a million euros so and that's just one of the machines we've got and we are on the whole <laughs> putting in a machine like that or a brand new paint plant which is again uh, that sort of order and we're generally doing at least that every year so it's a massive investment for a, a relatively small company because you know back then with the addition of the, the factory staff that would have given us probably about 23 people and we're we're up at towards nudging sort of nearly 80 now so bearing in mind that's actually a lot of automated machines that mm. are doing a lot of the work that, that's that's quite a big uh, growth really
1: uh, um, there's another room that I want to go to in a moment. You're listening to an inside story. It's Jura at Brackley, and we'll be back here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels in just a moment.
0: The inside stories on the teams, suppliers, and drivers.
1: This is Inside. So here we are at Jura, uh, the Smarter Workshop Solution, it says on the wall in front of me. We're in Brackley, which is right in the centre of England. Uh, a wheel nut throw from Silverstone and right in the middle of what I call the carbon fibre triangle. And Dominic now has brought me into uh, another showroom. This uh, clearly, Dominic, is um, a more commercial uh, uh, set of equipment that we're looking at. If, if we think of where we were a few moments ago as a, as a domestic solution, this is meant to look like a very high end workshop.
0: It's exactly that. This is uh, really for the automotive sector, which, as I say, is, is about 80% of our right. business. So we're not doing the flooring systems and the walling and that this is really just Dura furniture. It's the same core cool product. It's exactly the same uh, quality of product but obviously for this particular market there are some fairly specialised uh, additions to the range in terms of fluid cabinets and well,
1: well right in front of us there I'm, I'm looking at uh, an insert which is, is quite clearly got hose reels which could be air hose it could be fluid capture or um, putting oil or water into a car um, so again you've had to work you know when we were talking upstairs in the uh, in the design area there you've had to work with a client you've got to understand what they're trying to achieve and then you build that in virtual reality first and let them have a look at it yeah so
0: we'll we'll take an architect's plan um and we'll sort of talk to the client to get their Rough brief and generally we have quite a lot of input because we've done a lot of workshops, as you can imagine. So from there we uh, will do a layout um, of, of the ca- of the furniture system, and quite often we'll do a three D sort of uh, photorealistic render so that the client can get a, a,
1: a pretty good idea and walk around it nowadays as well you can do that kind of thing it's really yeah. very scary how have things changed then in the last 21 years two, two things about that tell me how things have changed and then i want to talk about the longevity of of, of these jira furniture systems so how, you know how has things changed has the core product changed that much it's evolved really i mean it it really has evolved
0: and in, in tiny tiny ways that but they really add up i mean we it's in changing the drawer runners and 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 the base material we used to use cr4 which is called rolled steel we then went to zintec there's a new type of steel coming on uh, onto the market which is is it's got even greater corrosion resistance not really that corrosion's an issue in workshops to be honest anyway but it's it's a nice thing to have um so it, it's just you know this year one of the things has just been changing things it's i mean it's very much like a car and making sure when the drawers close they, they shut nicely and it's not satisfying any, yeah it's exactly that it, it's making sure that when you open the door it doesn't twist and you know <laughs> like industrial furniture tends to be
1: built down to a budget and, yeah. and we we build to a quality really yeah it, actually funny enough if we go down to these some of these cabinets and i open the cabinets the first thing i noticed even on these above the it's these these eyeline cabinets first of all very lovely there's a a hydraulic ram there to make sure that it opens and closes nicely it's got a nice uh Solid lock on there with a uh, a key in it as well. So if you want to keep anything um, particular in there, but what I notice is that's that's not single skinned That's you know that's not like my old office furniture or uh, some certain tool cabinets that I won't mention that I've worked on in in garages down the past, which tend to be just a single piece of metal, which is you know pretty tinny and you know that's now double skinned.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I just I just think sometimes people get obsessed with trying to save money on on the production cost which yeah obviously in some a lot of markets is very important um but you can save 50p on something and it feels 50 quid cheaper and i think sometimes <laughs> you can spend know you know you can spend another couple of quid mm. but it just the perception of 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 quality and, and obviously the actual quality is so much better. I mean, we like you've noticed there, we put a, a double skin right the way across that door, whereas most manufacturers would just use a single skin or they put a very thin brace down the centre. The actual additional expense isn't that great but it's just that attention to detail really makes all the difference
1: it it, it feels really quality and and it's, you know and you're talking about perception where you touch where your hand is on that finished strip there which has got a nice plastic finisher on the end the other thing oh see that that's hang on see that's that's one of the eye line uh, cabinets closing in front of me. The, the other thing I notice is that there's no sharp edges here on the edges of these cabinets. You've got almost like hospital corners, if I can say that, when you're folding the bed over, like an envelope.
0: Yeah, that, that's, again, a little bit of a trademark of our cabinets. If you, again, if you look at sort of standard industrial cabinets, um, and as I say, Dura was the first company to come out with a sort of modular furniture system, but there are still a lot of other differences. Um, if you look at competitor products they're made in a completely different way so you would get the top and the bottom are are sort of pushed over the sides like a biscuit tin lid um <laughs> and that gives you a bare edge of metal which isn't it's pretty unsightly to be honest but the other thing about it is if you're building cabinets together like we do if you've if you've got the top and the bottom that are manufactured like that when you put them together you get a gap in
1: between the sides if that makes Oof, sense yeah. um because the top and the bottom it's sitting proud, it's almost like an interference fit over the, over the top of the sides. Yeah. And therefore, they've got to, even if it's a tiny bit, they're going to stick out a little bit, which means they, you've then got an unsightly gap that you, you either have to fill or live with. Yeah, exactly. And, and the other thing is that, that the way they're made is just
0: they're bent over and spot welded, which is it's a fairly sort of cheap process, obviously, mm-hmm. whereas these are all bent in the way that you've, you've said with sort of envelope folds, as we call them. So there are no bare edges. But the top and the bottom and the sides, they're all hand-assembled. So we Ah. don't make it like anyone else. So, for example, if you happen to catch it with the car and scratch it or something, you're not having to throw the whole thing away. You can actually take a top off and and replace it because it's not spot-welded on. It's actually mechanically fixed, which makes it actually pretty rigid as well. Uh,
1: Now, that's interesting because we talked earlier about... The investment in high-tech machinery to allow you to use that to repeat and have high quality in terms of cutting and bending. But at the end of the day, a craftsman puts them together. That's a, it's a really interesting melding together of traditional skills and very high-tech ones.
0: Yeah, I mean, as you alluded to, really, I guess you, if you were comparing it to a manufacturer, you could take one of the manufacturers like Aston Martin or Bentley or, you know, the mm. very high end. And obviously, you know, you need that precision. It's it's essential for the quality of, of certain things. But you need other areas to be addressed by a human being where that attention to detail is essential. Mm. I mean, if it's a car, obviously, sometimes that's in the
1: in the interior of the vehicle, essentially. Mm. But Well, you mentioned Bentley there. I think about the wood shop at Bentley that I went to a few years ago. The cutting that needs to be done absolutely precisely is done by machine because it can repeat and repeat and repeat. The finishing of the wood, there's no machine can tell you that that piece of wood had just the right amount of polish on it. That has to be done by a craftsman. So that's that melding that I'm talking about, and you're doing the same here with the assembly.
0: Yeah, we are. I mean, if you take one of our our, our RC cabinets, what we call internally a race line cabinet, which is one of our wide, tall cabinets, um, they actually take best part of an hour to assemble by hand. It's not just a question of snapping in some sort of telescopic draw slides. Each one's got about eight bearings on it, so, and they have to be hand set
1: up. Very good. So. And that's happening by an individual craftsman who puts that one together. It's not, I screw the door handles on, I do this, I do that. It's not an assembly line in that traditional sense. No, in, in,
0: in both senses, there's, there's no assembly line at all. We, right. So we have a workstation. Um, so there is no conveyorized line. Everything's brought to that station, but an individual person will build that cabinet up from start to finish. We have some areas where we do sub-assemblies that are brought there, but essentially that man or woman will build that cabinet right the way through. It gives them a sort of sense of pride. We're, you know, we're not chucking out thousands of these things a day.
1: so They are made to order, mm. and they have to be right. It won't be long before you're putting a little plaque on the back saying, assembled by Dave Miggins. I like I, That's the, the sort of the Aston Martin and the Bentley touch comes back again. I want to walk around here because on the way in, I spotted, by the way, all of these cabinets. Um, if we can just, I, I brought the wrong car today. I can't get anything into the back of it. Um, but if we can just load this up and have it delivered to Off Towers, that'd be great. Um, this is very different because a lot of the Workshop furniture that we've been looking at are relatively muted colours, greys, dark greys, um, one or two bits and pieces of red here and there, depending on the the, the, uh, the mark, the OEM that we're talking about. But what I'm standing in front of now it is very different looking. It's a chrome and gloss white. Well, it doesn't look that dissimilar from... A kitchen, we talked about fitted kitchens earlier on. Very glossy white, uh, TV screen and uh, uh, an opaque panel there, a couple of uh, plug points and, and various things. I don't see any, first of all, I don't see any handles at all. No, this is absolutely a flash-fitting system, so we have to use completely
0: different components for this. And the idea about this is this is sort of sits in between the workshop and sort of reception, service reception um, fast fit areas maybe possibly Mm. but where where there's a customer interface and and really the design of it again is very important the 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 visual appearance as well as the function because again traditionally with with industrial furniture nobody really pays much attention
1: to the appearance and we've always felt that that's that's just as important and even in the workshop now because quite a lot of manufacturers particularly the prestige ones are quite happy nowadays, to allow you to watch your car being worked on, albeit from a safe distance, possibly behind a pane of glass. But the days of seeing people with tools all on the floor and old oil cans and questionable calendars on the wall, that's that's all gone now. It really has. I mean, really... The game needed
0: to be upped, didn't it, really? And I think you've seen it in the sort of elevation of the status of the of the technicians. I mean, the, they are recognised as being as important these days as the rest of the people that work in that in that dealership. You know, they have a skill. And so this is all about instilling confidence in the customer that sees where their car's being serviced. But it's also about setting a standard to the guys working in the workshop. I say guys, I'm encompassing all sectors mm. there. And really, you know, it's, it's also about saying that we value you and your working yes. environment.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and we're taking as much care in there as we would do trying to sell you a car out in, out in the showroom. Where's the business going? Don't need any um, trade secrets here, Dominic, of course, but you've been going 21 years. Congratulations. It's a big success story for exports as well for uh, the UK company. Um, where's, where's the business going and, and where are the next innovations Okay, there's areas
0: of constant refinement and improvement in what we do. There's other areas where we have new new products, obviously. So there's a new product area. Um uh, the market, the car market's changing fairly fast. The aftermarket's changing fairly fast. Obviously, we've, we've gone from sort of mechanically based through cars having a lot, a lot of fibre optics and, and, as I say, electric vehicles mm. and so. And that's reflected in some of the products that we're looking at. So we're, we're looking at sort of incorporating chargers and, and all of that sort of thing and, and
1: beyond. Um, then and not, and not just the automotive sector now as well. That's one thing that we should say. Any workshop... Can benefit from the Jura makeover.
0: Yeah, we're a very design orientated business, so we we don't appeal to everybody because, frankly, there are people that just that just want a workbench or a cupboard, and and that's absolutely fine. There's a mm. market for that. But where we are also appealing is for people that want a really state of the art workshop. They want their workshop, whatever their business is, to to you know be up to the same standards as, as the rest of their business, and to you know to really make a statement about their business.
1: Uh, let's take one final walk because those of you with uh, good memories uh, will know that Jura were part of our partnership team at Mobile One Radio Le Mans uh, and have been for a little while. And uh, one of the competitions that we ran was for uh, a couple of people and their friends to come and sample something that's Perhaps you weren't expecting here at Jura at Brackley because now I've walked into a base performance simulator room. Two rooms, actually. We're in the uh, control area now, and there's a single seater cockpit and a uh, wrap round screen in front of us. Base performance, for those of you who don't know, and I've taken advantage of this company before uh, racing Janetta and, and Aston Martin. This is Darren Turner's company, they're based not too far up the road. Um, I love the idea. This is not just a blow off steam, presumably. Why is this here? Yeah,
0: this seems a bit left field, John. I I know this is a little bit strange for a company that manufactures uh, workshop furniture. But um, we wanted to add something slightly dynamic in the building. Um, Obviously, a lot of our customers are, frankly, they're petrol heads. Mm. um, And a lot of the people that work here are as well. So there was an appeal there. We had a, a, a tie with Darren because mm-hmm. we sponsored Darren, obviously. Um, and we just sort of thought it was a, a great thing to have on board. And then we, we, we're tying that in to have some sort of incentive plan for our customers as well, mm. for the technicians as well. So it, 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 just,
1: it, it sounds left field, but it, it kind of does fit, really. I, I love the idea. Dominic, congratulations on what is a proper British success story. Jura, uh, 21 years running now. Here's to the next 21 and beyond, and keep up the good work. Thanks for showing us around. Thank you, John.
0: Much appreciated. This
1: program is a radio show limited production. Tell your friends there's more at Radiolamond.com.